Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, baseball family, to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast, where we are going to talk about the World Baseball Classic, a little bit of spring training, and uniforms right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. What's up, baseball family, and welcome to this week's episode. We're in person! <laughs> For those of you watching on the Instagram, the TikTok, uh, now on YouTube or whatever, um, we are in person. I have been in Phoenix the last few days yes. doing World Baseball Classic shenanigans. And not a whole lot else. And sleeping fits in the not a whole lot else. Correct. We did eat a little too much, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> We're very excited to be here with you in person. We have a ton of stuff to talk about today. As always, but as the season gets closer and as the WBC rages on, it's just a lot. So let's dive in. First things first, T-Mobile is going to do their giveaway of MLB TV coming up on March 28th. The period will run from March 28th to um, April 4th from about 5 a.m. to 5 a.m. is what the article I read said from T-Mobile. So that's going to save you $150 subscription if you get the full package, which is what they offer, um, which means you don't just have to pick your own team. You can watch anything. Watch them all. Watch every game. Yeah, and it's awesome. You get it on your mobile phone. You can put it on um, your Roku, your smart TV, your Fire Stick, or whatever. It's yeah. available in a lot of places. It is the premier reason I stay with T-Mobile. I kid you not. It's the reason that I'm <laughs> going to switch eventually yeah, to T-Mobile. It's awesome. Yeah. So that's a kind of a housekeeping item for you. Couple of deals have gone down, Brad, over the last little while since last week. The Nationals have signed Kyber Ruiz to an eight-year deal worth about fifty million dollars, and this is interesting because he's really young. Um, but he did play in one hundred twelve games last year with the Nationals, and he hit two fifty-one, seven home runs, thirty-six RBIs, and he had a one point seven F WAR over those one hundred twelve games. You know, I know the Nats have been really high on K-Bear um, for a couple of years. K-Bear. K-Bear. That's I it. called him Kybert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you did that. I am that tired. It's <laughs> <laughs> so good. <laughs> K-Bear. But, <laughs> but, no, I know they've been, they've been high on him for a couple of years. Yeah. Right? So I don't think it comes as a huge surprise. That's actually that's a pretty team-friendly deal. Yeah, it Eight is. Years, $50 million. $50 million. Yeah. I'm pretty excited about it, but. I don't follow Nationals very much. Well, that's why we call them the Walgreens Nationals. <laughs> they so. just been so disappointing since, what, 2019? Since or they whatever. won the World Series. Yeah. yeah, they haven't bounced back. All right, the D-backs. Here we are. You even got your D-backs shirt on today. Very cool. They have signed the number two prospect in Major League Baseball, um, Corbin Carroll, to an eight-year deal, Brad, worth $111 million. That includes a $28 million club option that's going to push his contract through to 2031 if they go with all of the different like escalations and different things that yeah. they can do with the contract. Um, that'll put him until he's 31 years old. 
It's pretty good. Um, I mean, because I, I think that they're probably like, that's about when he's going to taper off. And as the number two prospect, and it would, you say just like a, a little bit of service time. 32 days 32 of service days. time. <laughs> so it's, it, that's, it is. So there's a couple things here that I think are really interesting. One, that they saw enough in those 32 days, they're like, okay, what well, he yeah. has the big league level is going to stick, right? But we're not so sold and confident on him yet that we're going to give him a long-term deal. Like Julio Rodriguez, halfway through his rookie season in August, got a life, basically a lifetime contract. Pretty close, yeah. Right? Like, But they're not, they're not quite willing to do that with him yet. And, you know, they can always extend contracts. They can always rework deals. Mm-hmm. These things are not chiseled into stone. They can always be redone. And so it's true. It's good for him. Like the D-backs are showing their faith in him and that they're confident in his abilities going forward and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, they they didn't quite throw the kitchen sink at him, which I think is safe for them. Yeah, but it was pretty close for a 22-year-old kid with 32 mm-hmm. days of service yeah, time. exactly. Yeah. So this sets a record for the largest contract given to a player with under 100 days of service time and no foreign playing experience. He didn't come from, yeah. you know, the Mexican Winter League or Japan, Japan or yeah. Korea or anything like that. So, yeah. He came straight up through the system, and they said, oh, wow. And then they gave him a bag. So it's pretty exciting. I'm going to pay attention to him this year because that's going to be interesting to watch him. You should. Hopefully it's very exciting to watch. Yeah, I hope so too. Good news in Arizona. Very happy about that. Good news in St. Louis as well. Uh, Nolan Arenado has basically decided to turn down all of his uh, club options. Um, and he's going to stay in St. Louis through the entirety of his contract. All his opt outs is what I said. Is what I heard. He's he's going away with the with the opt outs, and he's going to stay in St. Louis. And I thought his comment was really interesting. He said, "I just don't feel like I've done enough here. I don't feel like I've been here long enough to have earned what I've been paid by St. Louis." That's a very self aware comment, not one that you would ever hear or expect to hear from a uh, professional athlete. Yeah. Like, holy cow, that's crazy. I feel like we need to take a minute and just recognize that that's <laughs> probably the coolest thing we've heard in a long time. Yeah, that is. Definitely. Speaking of Arenado, he's on the WBC team with Mike Trout, and we've had a chance to watch him make an error already, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> just because you never see it happen. Yeah, exactly. Like a unicorn. It really is a, no- a novelty <laughs> to watch Nolan Arenado. Uh, fumble a transfer. Yeah, I did not see that coming, yeah. but it but it happened anyway. That's not what we're talking about. What we actually want to talk about is the fact that Arenado has spoken out about Mike Trout. He's come out and on the record said, "Okay, he's I, disgusted with him." That's what he said. He's, <laughs> no, he's he this guy's Captain America. Are you serious? <laughs> okay, just because we're all feeling that way doesn't mean that Nolan Arenado is. <laughs> Though. We should talk about that at we'll another time. We'll get there. All right. So he says that is the quote is this guy works his butt off, and now I get why he's the greatest. Those that's the quote Arenado came to came to play with. That's a lot of praise coming from a guy as good as Arenado too. Yeah, I was shocked. I didn't. I mean, and this was after they'd been together for what a week or two in their release, yeah. in their prep time and workouts as just the Team USA. Uh-huh. Not it was not a lot of time, and he comes in. Swinging pretty hard with that compliment. Right. Yeah. And 
this is that's one thing is that I feel like Mike Trout gets a lot of respect from his peers because yeah. they do see how good he is. Like he really is. Like he's the best player of his generation. Yeah, hands down, no questions asked. The best regular season player of his generation. Right, we'll get there eventually. But <laughs> but I I like seeing the praise. Like a couple years ago, they were talking to Bryce Harper in the All Star game. They had him mic'd up out center field, and as soon as Trout stepped in the box, he just goes, "How good is this guy?" Yeah, you know. I like seeing that stuff from the, from the players. Right, the mutual respect they have, they have for guys. It's really cool. Um, so Yuli Gurriel has been picked up, and so was Jose Iglesias. They both got signed to minor league deals with Miami. Now, Yuli Gurriel is 38. Last year he hit, let's see, I got 242, eight home runs, 53 RBIs across 146 games. But that doesn't include his clutchness in the playoffs. Right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. I wonder. It's it's it is funny to me, like that of all teams, like the Marlins signed him to a minor league deal. <laughs> you know, I I want to, and I don't know. Maybe a contender is going to trade for him because if I'm a playoff team, I want a guy like Yuli Gurriel because he's the Robert Ori of baseball. Yeah, <laughs> if you need a big hit, he's going to get it for you. Right, and veteran. Presence. Big hit Yuli. That's what we'll start calling him. Big, big, big hit Yuli. Big hit Yuli. Yeah. <laughs> Bad hair, big hits. That's great. <laughs> Iglesias, on the other hand, is 33 years old. He last year hit 292, three home runs, 47 RBIs with 30 doubles across 118 games. That's about right. Like we talked to Cole Calhoun for just a couple minutes the other day up at spring training, and he's yeah. on a minor league deal. And very similar numbers. I don't think he hit 292 last no, year in I don't Texas. Think so. But it's they're kind of in the same boat. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, it, it's fitting, I feel like. so. But it's too bad. It is too bad. Because they're just that close. Yeah. Right? It's just that close. And I wonder what separates them. I right, haven't figured it out yet. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe defense. Probably defense. Could be. Okay, here's the deal. So, Yuli Gurriel was let go by the Astros, which I thought was a little bit shocking. Well, they didn't cut him. They just didn't. I mean, that's what else, I mean. They just yeah, let him go. Yeah, they, right? they, they, they didn't offer him a contract. Right. They let him walk. Yeah. So let, I thought, let, let go, like, it, I think of it in the professional words, like, I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. No, they <laughs> let him walk. They let him walk away. They didn't offer him anything. And he now signed to a minor league deal. He's 38. And I was like, what the heck is happening? Well, then I found this article that explains it. And I got really excited about this. So here's the information I was able to dig up. The Astros general manager, Dana Brown, is, quote, uncomfortable with long-term deals. And I thought, well, what the heck is a long-term deal? So he says he doesn't like deals that last a li- any longer than about five years. I mean, <laughs> it's smart, <laughs> I know. right? But it is against the grain right now. You're, pigeon you're, seeing. Holding, you're pigeonholing yourself on the free agent market because guys want at least five years, especially guys who are in their late 20s. Because what was the other thing he said about that? He doesn't want them to be more than, older than what? 33. Anything over the age of 33, and he cited analytics specifically, he says there's analytics that show that anybody over the age of 33 starts to drop off hard. Oh, yeah. You know what else tells you that? The freaking eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see, we know, but guys still want that security, the stability of being having a long-term contract to be able to play until they're 38. Right. Even if they're just a DH hitting 290 and 15, 20 home runs. Yeah. Like, they still want that. And, and teams still want that. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they want that contribution. And like not everybody's willing to pay for better leadership in the clubhouse. Right. But there's something to be said for having it around and having consistency. Jim Edmonds told us that. Cheers. I agree. Right. And we've thought that for a long time. 
But limiting guys to age 33 and five-year contracts, they're pigeonholing themselves in the free agent market. They're not going to attract big big names by doing that. Like Maybe because guys want to play for them and maybe they just want the younger guys, the younger stars to come in, but they're not, they're not going to compete in the free agent market with that kind of mentality. So here's what kills me. We've been seeing a lot of also a lot of headlines and articles and sound bites coming out of the Astros organization saying that they want to retain their core guys. Right. And I'm like, you can't have it both ways. Exactly right. So I'm yeah. confused. And I wonder, is it Jim Crane or is it Dana Brown? And where where's the problem here? And how does Dusty Baker feel? And we haven't figured that out yet. But here's a couple of details that I was able to scrounge up just for fun. Okay. Talk about retaining your core guys. And your general manager's dis, like, distaste with anything over five years, anybody past 33. <laughs> Alex Bregman is 29 years old. He hit 259, 23 homers, 93 RBIs, one stolen base across 150, 155 games last year. This is his age 29 season, 2023. So what are you gonna do when he's wanting to test the free agent market at the end of next year? At the end of this year, he'll give you four years. <laughs> <laughs> when you've got, I don't know, New York, who says we'll give you ten? Yeah, yeah. There's no way. Exactly. Let's do another one, shall okay. we? Do another one. Okay. On the older side, Jose Altuve. This 2023 is his age 33 season. <laughs> okay. Last year he hit 300, which is amazing right now. Yes. 28 homers. 57 RBIs, 18 stolen bases across 141 games last year. I mean, he seems like he's SOL. <laughs> but he's, <laughs> wants, he's their core guy. He wants I know. to retain him. And said he wanted to retire an Astro. <laughs> yes, he, he lost his cake and he did too. Like, it's, I don't know how he's going to get it. That might Maybe he's willing to make an exception for Altuve, which I get. But then like a guy like Kyle Tucker comes along. Let's go to Todd Tucker. Kyle Tucker turns here. This is age 26 season. This 2023 will be. He last year he hit 257 with 30 home runs, 107 RBIs, 25 stolen bases across 150 games, and clutch defense. Let's be very clear about that. I am absolutely shocked that uh, that. I would I should say I will be absolutely shocked if the Astros do not find a way to extend him. So, he, so he's getting to his first year of arbitration, uh, or I think he just hit it. Oh, yeah, that's right. He just had his first he year. Just of arbitration. Had it. We talked about that yeah. because he got he got he got screwed. Yeah, but um, but so like, what's going to happen with Kyle Tucker in a couple of years? He's going to be he's going to have free agency in twenty twenty six, so he'll be twenty nine. Twenty nine. Like they just gave Jose Altuve, you know, just a couple of years before. I'm assuming this is what's going to happen. Hopefully. They're going to give him a long a, a contract to. Yeah. Retire, retire an Astro, but mm-hmm. then Kyle Tucker comes along and says, "Well, I'd like, I'd like seven years, so I can retire an Astro." Sorry, we don't like you that. We much. don't do that. <laughs> Sorry, go peace, away. Peace out, suckers. Yeah, go somewhere else, and I'll beat you. Right. So let's talk about um, Jordan Alvarez. Jordan Alvarez. This is his twenty-sixth year as well. His age twenty-six year. Last year he hit three hundred six. 37 home runs, 97 RBIs, and one stolen base across 135 games. And uh, he's going to be in the same situation. And he's a problem at the plate, and he's he's just not a guy you want to let go. You don't want to let him walk. Right. So he's going to be a free agent his, uh, when he's 32. <laughs> like, how do you solve that? Like, you come out and you say this. Like, I don't – you're causing problems for yourself. 
you're you're causing division and like potentially. Yeah, I don't know. It's strange that he would say something like that and make it public rather than having it be like an in-house policy. Right. That this is how we structure our contracts. But like saying it open like that, just because. Well, what kills me is that over the last couple of weeks, we've talked about the Astros and there's been some social media criticism about how we've gone about it. Right. But this is evidence of the messaging that the public is getting. And if this is how we're feeling, you got to wonder what's going on inside the clubhouse and from the front office down. How is that culture being shaped? Who is doing the messaging and how is it being received? And what are these guys going to feel when their agents approach them and say, you know, this is what the Dodgers are saying. Right. But this is what the Astros are saying. And they're not going to add up. They just aren't. And, you know, maybe it's not a stability thing. Maybe it is strictly dollars and cents because they were, because the Astros were never going to give Justin Verlander what he wanted. They were never going to give Garrett Cole what he wanted. But Garrett Cole had already. Put his Astro stuff in a duffel bag. Yeah, when they lost the World Series, like he, he peaked was, anyway. <laughs> he did peak. <laughs> but he was he was out the door before, like yeah. before he was physically out the door. Oh, yeah, you know he quiet quit. Yeah, he did. So I don't know. On the outside looking in, it feels like there's more to it, and this does not seem like it's helping. Yeah, let's move on. Let's do it. Lorenzo Cain, 13 year career, is announced his retirement. Good for him. The Brewers made sure that he got his 10 years of service time so that he could re- retain his benefits. Yeah, he gets fully vested. So it's awesome. Um, so a few years ago, it. I spoke to an like a supervisor, like a regional supervisor over big league and minor league umpires. And we were asking him about like just getting to the show as a player. You know, he's like, you know, if you if you get on a big league roster and you get into you get into the big league dugout, you don't have to play, you just have to be on the roster for the day. That you get a pension, but it might be like you have a cup of, cup of coffee with a team, you know, it might be like a few dollars here and there. It's not going to set you up for life. Yeah. But you're fully vested with your pension as a big league player after 10 years. You get 10 years of service time. So you see sometimes on social media, teams and players will make a really big deal about guys hitting that 10 year service mark time. Like I remember when Kyle Seeger reached 10 years, like everybody, like players were congratulating him on Twitter across Instagram stories, things like that, everything. Because, and I was, to me at the time, I was like a decade, that's a long time. That is a big deal because yeah. most guys don't even make free agency, right? 100%. Or arbitration. Yeah. But when I found that out, I was like, everybody's congratulating because now he is le- le- legitimately set up with his pension, and it, which means that his kids are going to be more comfortable too. Yeah. Right? So I think it's cool that the Brewers went out of their way to make sure he had his exactly 10 years of service time. I think Lorenzo came. Might have gotten to the point where he's like, I reached my mile marker. Yeah. <laughs> I'm set. Let's, I'm getting let's off of this exit. Yeah. <laughs> and I think part of it too is he maybe he maybe just didn't get a role or an offer that he felt like he was comfortable with at this point. You know, just because he did kind of slide down the last couple of years. He did, you know, which is unfortunate. But uh, but no, I think it, it took a lot of self awareness and the fact that like I said, he hit that mile post and he was like, I can comfortably do this now. Yeah. So good for him. It's really cool. <laughs> All right, we got to talk about injuries before we take a break. Yeah. Spring training woes are a thing, and the injury bug hits every year, and it's nothing new. So let's not make it out to be more novel than it is. But it is notable, right. and there have been some notable changes. Mm-hmm. First is, let's just jump down here to Justin Turner. He is now expected to be back in the lineup by opening day. Good for him. So we were worried. We didn't know how that was going to shake. It turns out, as of right now, the messaging we're seeing is that he'll be okay for opening day. Fabulous. Congratulations to the Red Sox and Justin Turner. Now, 
Let's move across the rivalry. Because <laughs> Carlos Rodon just got a huge deal from the Yankees. Well, as we talked last week about how he got lit up in his, all, in his first start. Lit up. And this perfectly explains it because we see it every time. He has been diagnosed with forearm strain. And this, I'm calling this insanely bad news for Yankees fans. <laughs> yeah. Because we need him in New York. And we need him not just as a body, but he has to do very, very well. And now he's very likely going to need Tommy John. Um, because that's the first diagnosis you get on the path to Tommy John. That's, that's exactly right. And, so, and guys have that really bad outing, too. It's first. a precursor. Yeah. It's definitely a precursor. So we're worried. Um, he's he's off to see the wizard. We'll see what happens <laughs> after that. But it's it's one of two things. Either he's going to start opening day or, or he'll be ready on the opening day roster and he'll pick up that number two, number three slot, or it's Tommy John. I don't see it being any other way. Nothing in between. I don't think so. Yeah. Well, and now's the, if you're going to get it, now's the time to do it because then he won't miss any time next year. None. So might as well get it out of the way sooner than later. Figure yeah. it out. Figure it out. That's what I said. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We went to we, just some more injuries to keep track of if you're uh, from around the league. Kyle Wright, shoulder injury, questionable for opening day. Kyle Hendricks, shoulder, expected May 1st. Sia Suzuki, oblique, expected April 14th. That's a, that's a killer one. Yeah. I know. Right, though. April 14th is not a long time. Right. But – I just don't want to see a guy that young have problems, right? Yeah. Now, Chuck Nasty, on the other hand, Charlie Blackman, this dude, he's getting old. How old is that dude anyway? I don't know. Keep talking and I'll figure All it out. All right. Charlie Blackman's got a back issue, and he says they, they say he should start the season, um, but you never know with a back issue. So, I mean, I, I know all about back issues. I hope he does really well. I hope it's not a problem, but I just feel like he's getting a little older. And uh, this is Chuck Nasty's 36, age 36 see, year. I knew it. So, like, let me tell you, he was born the same year I was. So that back ain't, that back problem ain't going away. It's not going away. <laughs> he probably wakes up and says hello to it every day, like I do. So I'm sure he does. Tony Gonsolin, uh, ankle issue, May 1st expected. Gavin Lux is out for the season. His knee torn ACL is totally blown. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Kode Senga, finger problem, questionable. For opening day, Harrison Bader oblique. He's six to eight weeks out. April twenty two is the next projection. Harrison Bader has nothing but obliques. I'm not surprised that dude's hurt. <laughs> the guy is like ninety percent oblique. Yeah, he's, he's an incredible ball player, though. I really need him to be and a doing physical well. Specimen. He is a specimen. <laughs> Speaking of, of terrific ball players, Nestor Cortez is also questionable for the opening day roster with a hamstring issue. Tommy Canely, biceps, April 15th. Bryce Harper, just a reminder, won't be expected back till July 1st. Still dealing with the elbow and the surgery. Joe Musgrove dropped a weight on his toe and is now questionable for Sucks. opening day. Sucks. Tyler Glasnow, oblique issue, May 1st expected. Nate Evaldi with side issues. I don't I know what if, side means. I wonder if it was if you drank too much water. Yeah. Know, like a side cramp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's questionable for opening day because he got waterlogged. Steven Strasburg says ribs, but let's give him waterlog as well. <laughs> it might be. He's expected May 1st. Uh, but Let's bump that back to August 1st. Yeah. Be safe. <laughs> it was Strasburg? No yeah, doubt. Yeah. If it was Chris Sale, it would be 2025. 
<laughs> I feel bad for Steven Strasburg, though. That guy, when he pitches, is very exciting to watch. He's a ton of fun, but that poor dude just can't stay healthy. He never has been able to. Yeah. And it's like the curse of the Nets. So the last thing we'll say before we take a quick break is many of you, I hope, have seen the uh, college umpire call blown entirely. And so there's a call third strike. It was about, I don't know, three counties off the plate or so. And it was it was at least a zip code. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was. But that was after though <laughs> the batter had a had a problem with, with the previous strike. With the previous strike. The yeah. previous strike too, which was, you know, not great either. No. So umpire calls third strike, ends the game. Yeah. And it was a whole to do. There was confrontation everything but so this was in the southland conference they have indefinitely suspended the umpire thank goodness there has been some punishment for an umpire who quite frankly probably honestly didn't think that he was going to get any any punishment from no i i guarantee he didn't foresee that because they never do they're never held accountable for no so yeah he's he's suspended indefinitely and i'm hoping that there is more punishment put down for umpires who do stuff like do things like this because and i work and i hope it works its way up the ranks too because no, you see I mean. major league umpires egging on managers and players picking yeah. fights then the players managers the ones who get ejected yep. and then the umpire gets to go about his day and then and then the prob the other problem i have with that is that after getting egged on and having the fight picked with them from the opposite end they get suspended and lose money yeah like, I know these guys make a bunch of money. It's not my money. I shouldn't care. But, like, dude, you're it's affecting, a, like, his paycheck. It's an know? impact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's stupid. I hate it. And I think that more more leagues and top to bottom should should take care of stuff like this. I think it's the answer. I because agree. they don't get paid either. So Yeah. Baseball family, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to jump on a bunch of WBC news. Welcome back, baseball family. Before we get into our World Baseball Classic stuff, we just wanted to remind you about Chinook Seedery, the best seeds ever. We are partnered with them as an affiliate, so you can go over ChinookSeedery.com, use code BTPOD to save 10% off your order. Uh, we will get a little bit of that. won't cost you anything extra, but you'll be supporting the show in that way and also supporting your mouth. The other thing Chinook Seedery wanted us to tell you is they're doing a big fatty fat March Madness bracket challenge. And there will be prizes, things like seeds, autograph merch, things like that. It's uh, Bobby Witt Jr. and Alex Bregman are their guys. And I yeah. think there's probably going to be some stuff from them in there. So I'll put the link down in the description of the episode everywhere you are. If you can't find it, uh, you can hop on YouTube. Maybe we'll include it in our, uh, our bio on Instagram as well. So you can find it easily and go jump in and fill out another March Madness bracket because we already know you're filling out 10 anyway. Yeah. But what's another one? Just care? like us. It'll be fun. All right, let's get into the World Baseball Class. We're so excited. We've been having so much fun. Brig talked a little bit about how we've been down uh, in Phoenix. Down, We went to the game Saturday night, U.S. against Great Britain, and that was much closer than we wanted it to be. Um, we'll get there. It was fun. Yeah, we'll get there. But we've also been walking around talking to people. It's been really cool to, to talk to, like, British baseball fans. Right. Because, I mean, it's almost like they're mythical. Like <laughs> It feels that way. But they're real. They are real. They we've are. spoken to them. They're on our TikTok and our Instagram. Yep. So go check it out. You can watch. Uh, we, we gave the world a rundown. For those of you who have been watching the show, know what the idea of the rundown is. That's what we've been doing down around Chase Field. We're going to do some more. So there will be plenty of those videos coming. Let's talk about Japan. First things first, because Japan is going to win this whole dang thing because they're so good. <laughs> they're going to win the whole thing. <laughs> I mean, 
They were the first team to qualify for the quarterfinals to advance out of the pool play. They went 4-0, and they walked all over everybody. Shohei Otani is not the only guy. No, he is not. Um, it, uh, Shosei Togo yeah, is impressive. So the one guy, though, that we keep hearing, it's so funny. Because <laughs> it, it's hilarious. Like, we've been talking to people. And, and like, how about Japan? Like, how about Japan? That one guy, we're like, show him. Like, no, no, no. Lars Newbar. Newbar. <laughs> Everybody we talk to about Japan brings up Newbar. <laughs> and it doesn't matter what country they're from, what team they're supporting, they know about Lars Newbar. So good. He's everywhere. <laughs> He is like the WBC sensation right now, despite <laughs> Shohei Otani hitting five home runs in yeah. every single game and striking yeah. out every batter he faces. <laughs> I don't understand. It's outstanding. I love it so much. It's great. But anyway, so Japan is uh, is just walking on. They're moved, they've moved on. Um, I, was that Korea? I thought that was Korea who beat China. 22 to 2. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Korea. Korea did. Yeah, Sorry. So Korea today in the final final day of their pool play um they uh they broke the record for runs scored in a game they beat china 22 to 2 uh that as you can they scored all those runs before the fifth inning which in itself is astounding it is because of the rules of the world baseball classic which they have to have in place because of the the talent differential Mm -hmm. and the disparity uh that that was only a five inning game because of the of the mercy rule which as it goes is 15 runs through the fifth and 10 runs through the seventh yeah. or after, sorry, after the fifth and then after the seventh. Yeah. So we saw a couple teams get mercy ruled over the weekend. Uh, we'll talk about the United States in a little bit uh, about that. Um, but that to me is absolutely nuts. It's crazy. Like I, like I understand they have to have the mercy rule, like I said, but like the fact that somebody won by 20, the record has stood since 2006. That's when, uh, Somebody else did it. I don't remember. I, don't I didn't remember. write that down. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody else did it a long time ago. It's crazy. Um, so they did back-to-back Grand Slams. There was a oh, Grand, Grand Slam, Slam in the fourth and a Grand Slam in the fifth. Back-to-back innings. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine, yeah. though, back-to-back Grand Slams? Like, I know you have to have three batters in between, yeah, yeah. but still, like, that's like nuts. <laughs> eight batters, eight runs. Can I jump back to uh, yeah. Team Japan really quick? Yeah. This is a great story that come out of Team Japan. So uh, the pitcher, Roki Sasaki, he's the one through the perfect game last year, if I remember right. Yeah, he's yeah, he's gonna be something else when he comes over. Yeah, he beamed Willie Escala of the Czech team with a hundred mile an hour pitch, and then as an apology, <laughs> gifted him quote massive bags of candy. <laughs> I guess there were at least two, and then they were quote, massive bags of candy That's as an apology for hitting him with a 101. I love that. I love the contrast of what we get as far as the competitors in Japan because there's so much respect from player to player. But then, like, I'm going to go off real quick about Do it. this because last night, Randy Rose, it's a Sunday night when the U.S. was playing Mexico, Randy Rose Arena went to give a fist bump to Will Smith, who was catching for the United States at the time, and Will Smith sh- shook him off. He snubbed him. He did. And I'm like, dude, I don't like. I don't care if you don't like the guy. He shows some sportsmanship and maybe some international relations. So so bad. Like just stick your fist out there and let it bump it a little bit. You're on national television. Like yeah. you know you're. He's That's, walking up to the plate. 
it's a such a bad look for a team that everybody already wants to lose. Yeah. You know, like there's that, but also you play for the Dodgers, so more people don't like you. Correct. And now more people will not like you because I lost a lot of respect for Will Smith. I was not happy to see it. Yeah, no, not, not at all. You know what? Speaking of cultural disparities, one of Shohei Otani's home run balls made it into the stands, obviously. Right. And then got Instead passed around. Orbit. Yeah, into orbit. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't break through the roof this time like <laughs> yeah. it did the one time. I think that's worth pointing out. <laughs> okay. It has happened it has before. Happened yeah. There's no hyperbole there. <laughs> he actually put a ball through the ceiling at, at the, the Tokyo top. Dome. Yeah. Okay, anyway, so it made it to the – came back. <laughs> anyway, the fan that, that took the souvenir uh, then passed it around the stands, oh, and it was returned to its rightful owner. That would never happen here. Never. Ever. But, I mean, it was – it's crazy. Like, literally, people are taking pictures of it and pictures with yeah. it, and then they made sure it all – all of them made sure it got back to the person who walked away with it. That's really cool. I like that. Yeah. Talk about cultural differences. Yeah, big time. Yeah. Yeah. You hand that ball to one person, you'll never see them again. No. Not a, at, a, at an Angels game anywhere else in this country. <laughs> no, it's absolutely crazy. For sure. So, okay, let's just get into it. Adam Wainwright sucked against Team Great Britain. So bad. Absolutely. Just like, okay, I'll, I'm going to give him a little bit like, yes, the first home run, the home run he gave up off. Trace Thompson is a big leaguer. Yeah. He's like one of the couple big leaguers on that roster. Yeah. And so that was a legit, like, I feel like that was legitimate. The problem came with the lack of command. Yeah. And also the fact that everybody else was hitting off of him. He and couldn't, he couldn't get an out. Right. And then even the other stuff, like the fringe benefit, or the benefit, fringe benefit, <laughs> the fringe responsibilities of your pitcher to, like, I don't know, back up home plate. Yeah. And there's a ball coming in hot. Yeah. No, none of that. So I was really disappointed in Wayno. I really, I was disappointed when I saw he was starting. I didn't, want, yeah. I didn't really care to see him pitch. There's a bunch of other guys on my roster. I want to see pitch. Yeah, like Ryan Presley, who came in to pitch three innings last night against Team Mexico. No, he didn't pitch three innings. He pitched or three, three outs. I mean, gosh, three outs. Garbage time when you're down six in the ninth inning. Like, no. So this is the problem that I have with all this, with all the pitching and stuff like that. Mark DeRosa, like the dude is not getting his bullpen warmed up. And I, and I I went off on a rant on this on our way to the car. It's it's, I don't know. We, it might end up on the internet. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> I'll sneak it on. <laughs> <laughs> but this this is the thing, though, is that you get guys in a jam. And I understand that they've got to work through the jam. They've got to be able to do that. They've also got to get their work in because part of the stipulation these guys come is major teams are like, well, they're not working out during spring training, so they still need to get their reps. Okay, get their reps. Have them throw a bullpen if they can't get out of the game for crying out loud. Bingo. Because that's what guys do in spring training too. Like if they can't stay in there for as long as they need to, they need to get 50, 20 more, 15, 20 more pitches. They'll go throw out in the bullpen, even during the game. Yeah. Sometimes. Like I've seen guys do that. Yeah. Get the rest of their work in the bullpen. But this is these are competitive games. You can't just leave a guy in because you told his owner or his manager that he was gonna get his work in. It no. feels like it feels like a little league game where so and so's dad paid all the money for the field renovations and that kid gets to play. It does. That's exactly <laughs> what it feels like. But over above all else, it feels like Team USA is not taking their pool seriously. No. Like it really doesn't. They came in really lackadaisical against Great Britain. They only won six to two. Like everybody was expecting a mercy rule in that game. Yeah. And it didn't happen. No. It didn't it, it felt closer than six to two too. It did. If it wasn't for a Kyle Schwarber home run, like which was epic. It truly was. It, it was, was awesome. Yeah, it was truly amazing to watch that one. 
but then to get blown out by Team Mexico, who we obviously discounted, right? We I think we did. Credit. Yeah. They're a really good team. Yeah. But they're not 11 to 6 good. They're not 11 to 2 good. No. Randy Rosarina is. Randy Rosarina is. But, but that's most, it. And apparently, Menenzies. Oh, man. Joey Menenzies. Joey Menenzies apparently is too, because that dude teed off twice on USA pitching. The dude, that dude's a revelation. And I know Mexico. He's a huge deal, so he's just a revelation to us. But right, man, he is. I I've been so impressed with him, and he is fast. Yeah, he is scary. He, fast. He's a baller, man. He's what is he? Thirty three or thirty four? I think he's something like that. He's thirty three. Yeah, yeah. So I wouldn't be surprised if somebody picks him up and brings him in, even if he's just a role player. Like I don't know, he'd necessarily be an everyday star. No, I don't this know. could be a flash in the pan. We see that sometimes, but totally, he could he could be a role player for somebody maybe so. Uh, have a couple bases for him. The team USA nearly lost in a mercy rule scenario. Yes. Yeah. They were to Mexico. They were really close to getting mercy ruled by Mexico. And they should be embarrassed. Should but be. We are we, embarrassed. We we were thoroughly embarrassed leaving this game. And at one point last night, we were sitting there, we were both exhausted. We're continuing to be exhausted yeah, but after doing all this. Yeah. But we were sitting there at the Caesar Sportbook, Sportsbook watching this game. And by like, was it the seventh inning, eighth inning? I can't remember. Yeah. I just got so annoyed with what was going on. I just started. You know, was going on. I started going off on all of it. Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't shut up because I was just so bugged and angry about what I was watching. That Team USA was about like the the game was at risk of ending early. Yeah. Because they didn't show up. Yeah. And it was blowing my mind. It was very upsetting. And we're hoping like by the time this comes out, the USA Canada game will already happen. And I just hope. That that game lit a fire and they come with an edge every single time. And I I want to see a mercy rule tonight against Canada. Well, there has to be because if they don't, with the eighteen to what eight or eighteen to eighteen something, to eight, yeah, because yeah. they mercy ruled Great Britain. They mercy ruled Great Britain, and it, the ties come down to run differential. And so even if Canada loses to the United States tonight, they still may get disqualified from the quarterfinals. They could, yeah. It's um, going to come down to run production, right? Well, and so this is since so this will be the third game. If USA wins this one, they'll be two and one. Canada will be two and one as well. Um, wait, no, I think Canada will be one, uh, one and two because they lost their. No, they're one. They'd be they're one, one, one and one. one. They yeah, they'd anyway, be one and one. Sorry, but yeah, no, they're gonna have to put up a bunch of runs between now and the a end bunch. to make sure that they get their run differential tied. So, and there's uh, a whole thing about new pool of pitchers coming in in the quarterfinal round outside of pool play, and I don't understand that. I know it's a thing that's happening, but and can you explain it to somebody? I remember it happened last time, and I think it's just um, it's almost like reinforcements because they don't want they don't want these guys running their arms out or something. Their arms out, they're certainly playing and pitching that many competitive innings, and so they get these guys who are on the pitch count, right? Because you can only pitch sixty throw sixty five pitches, finish the batter. But that's what it comes down to. But then you get these other guys who have been pitching more competitively or working up more, ramping up more in spring training. Yeah. And they're ready to go, which is quite honestly a a fair advantage. Yeah. For anybody else. It is. (laughs) But not if you don't advance. Then you don't get to take advantage of the advantage. Yeah. Oh, man. It's frustrating, though. And I'm going to be angry about that Mexico loss for a while. Me too. Because it was – and it was fun. Like, I give the Mexican fans a lot of credit. Oh, man. High energy. A lot of fun to be around. All the Mexico chants, sorry, Mexico chants were amazing. It was so fun. It was and, crazy good. And watching them all dance and then watching all the Mexico fans dance in the street after. Was, oh, man. It was awesome. Well, they have DJs going all the time down here, especially on the uh, the, like the 
quarter, the quarter or whatever that is that where the Caesar Sportsbook is and all the gates to get into Chase Field are. There's a DJ going like the whole time. Yeah. Poor yeah. guy. And at one point I forgot he was going because I just got so used to it. <laughs> we looked over and we're like, wow. <laughs> still going, going hard. It's hours later. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, that's enough about USC. Let's talk about Great Britain. And yeah. Stolen bases because they got some speed on that team, but also they were just, they were taking bases on Canada. Yeah. You know, they just couldn't convert it into runs. And probably granted, they, yeah, they converted into eight runs, but they gave up 18. Right. So that that's yeah, but they there. still scored eight runs. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah, if they is. had brought that level of production to the USA game, they'd have won. We they'd have won. Yeah. Scary. Yeah. Talk, tell us about Michael Peterson. Does that talk about a revelation? Michael Peterson is a pitcher for Great Britain, and that dude, we were like 98, 99, 98, 99. 100 mile an hour sinker. 100 mile an hour sinker. And <laughs> And they threw a looping curveball that was like 80. Yeah. We were like, and it was a 79. It was 82. Whoever uh, was up to the plate about flew out of his shoes yeah, because he, he pulled the string. We're just like, this dude just dropped 18 miles an hour <laughs> on his pitch. It was so impressive. We were loving it. And the fans, I got to be honest with you, the British fans have been amazing. They have been so much fun and so grateful to be here. So excited to be here. We've even met Australian fans, and that is super cool. Anyway, last thing I want to say before we take another break, unless you've got a thing. No, go ahead. Okay, Team Venezuela beat the Dominican Republic, and this is a big deal because it's the first time ever in World Baseball Classic history that Venezuela has beaten the Dominican. Previously, they have gone 0-5 against against the Dominican. Wow. That's awesome. That is awesome. And they are cruising right now. Yeah, they're they they're kind of a sneaky pick right, like kind of a sneaky team right now. Yeah, they're on the they're on the fast track to advance into the quarterfinals out of the out of pool play. Uh, they're gonna have to collapse on too because yeah. the thing is the Dominican Republic and Puerto Rico are looking up at them. They are, and that's not what we would have expected. I did not see that coming. Not at all. No. Although Dominican Republic did bounce back today. Yeah. Yeah. But but still. Still, it's fun. Yeah, I love the nuances are, are the best part. Yeah, there's gonna be some. There's gonna be a team every year that does this. We weren't really sure what to expect out of the out of the pools in, over in Asia, because there's a lot of unknown to some of those teams. But I mean, Australia advancing was fantastic. That's yeah. great. Um, Same with Italy and Italy advancing. All those mustaches advancing. That's yeah, it's and and uh, Mike Piazza. Yeah, Mike Piazza. Yeah, I would love to see him get a, a coaching job in some variety after this. I think he. Stands too. I think he does too. After he's at least advanced this far. I, you know, I watched an interview with him a few months ago, and he's been living in Italy, and but he was like so, so low key that I don't know if he would want one. Yeah, it's you possible because then he'd have to leave Italy, and they have to, you know, I don't, wouldn't have to be fired or anything. But yeah, have to work. I don't know. I don't know if that's what I did. <laughs> I wouldn't be fine with him. So the teams that have advanced so far, and this is a little early because. Oh, it's a little early, but it's because it's Monday morning. <laughs> Japan has advanced. Cuba has advanced. Italy has advanced. And Australia have advanced. All four of those teams are now guaranteed spots in the quarterfinals. And uh, the rest, too, shall be determined. Yes, we should. Yeah, we'll have quarterfinals all set in the next couple of days. Yeah. Baseball family, thanks for joining us on this joint episode of the Baseball Together podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I just keep wanting to reach through the line. That's usually right there. We should have put the line there. Yeah. <laughs> like a blue tape, blue piece of blue tape maker. 
would have been awesome. Anyway, baseball family, if you love what we're doing as much as we love you, it would be terrific if you would support us in all of the many ways to do that. As we talked about, Chinook Cedary is available. But you can also jump on Patreon and support the podcast that way. Go to patreon.com and search for baseball together. We have tiers of support starting as low as $1 all the way up to $15. That gives you access to the unedited, unscripted, behind-the-scenes version of the podcast, as well as more perks and benefits. And uh, we're really excited about that. So that'll be at patreon.com. Brad, tell them about that. I will. So you can get ready for the season by ordering yourself some hats. Or you can support Team USA Baseball by going over to Fanatics get that one. Also on Fanatics, they have this sweet Arkansas uh, Travelers. This is their Copa hat. Arkansas Los Diamantes. Mm-hmm. It was their, their team name. You head over to Fanatics. I'm going to put a link to both of these hats in the description. If you like those, you can go get them. If not, you can keep shopping and find something else for yourself. I have my D-back shirt ready for the season, ready, set to go. And with that baseball family, thank you so much. We will catch you next week.